When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss concrete, practical ideas for how to bring more happiness into our daily lives. This week, we'll talk about why you should remember to consider the company that someone keeps. And we'll discuss an interesting Know Yourself Better question inspired by Gloria Vanderbilt. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is company that I often keep. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And Gretch, hopefully um, I reflect well on you in keeping company. <laughs> yes, and vice versa. Yes, absolutely. Um, so before we launch into the Tried This at Home, we have a couple updates. Um, and Elizabeth, this one from Becca. Oh, it, like, it really makes me tear up. It's so beautiful. Becca writes, I've been trying to use your tricks and techniques to tackle my to-do list and create more happiness in my life. I've had this beautiful but broken wall clock bugging me for years. A new battery wouldn't do it. It needed all new parts. Eventually, I learned to recognize my own nature. I was never going to get it fixed. Instead, I changed the time on the clock to the time it was three years ago when our social worker called to tell us we'd been matched with a baby girl who we would later adopt. A broken clock turned into a mini shrine representing our excitement and love for our daughter. Thanks for inspiring me to find creative solutions to nagging little problems. Isn't that a beautiful idea? This is one of my favorite things that has ever been on the podcast in all these episodes. I absolutely love it. I Exactly. And the way it's instead of being broken, it's like it's frozen in time. And every time you look at it, it just gives you that jolt of happiness and takes you back to that moment of, of just being so happy and so excited. So that is beautiful from Becca. Yes. Thank you, Becca. And then Gretchen, this came from Erica. She says, on the podcast today, you mentioned being interested in hearing creative methods for obligers to impose outer accountability. 
I'd like to share one with you. I got my PhD about 10 years ago, and as an obliger with a pretty hands-off mentor, it was very difficult for me to stay motivated to write my dissertation. The solution that occurred to me at the time was to involve my friends and family as my accountability. Here's what happened. I wrote an email to a group of about 15 loved ones explaining my need for accountability and encouragement and offering different writing milestones. Finish chapter one, write 100 pages, finish chapter three, revise the dissertation, etc. <laughs> friends then signed up for one of those milestones and pledged various treats when I reached them, sending me encouragement along the way. For example, when I finished chapter one, a friend took me out for cookies and milk. Someone made me mix CDs when I finished 80 pages. When I finished chapter three, a friend gifted me a walk in the park. And at 100 pages, another friend took me to a steak dinner. My favorite, though, was a, quote, hip hop interpretation of my <laughs> research projects, end quote, which was performed in front of friends and family at my graduation party. It made an otherwise lonely and isolating experience truly enjoyable and exciting and effective. I finished writing in a little over a year and I strengthened my relationships in the process. I mean, this is genius. And I mean, I agree with her. The hip hop interpretive um, yeah. dance of her research project. I mean, I like her friends. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. She's got great friends. So having written better than before a book about like habit change and people like battling with things like procrastination, I have to say writing your PhD is a major thing mm. that comes up over and over again. This is mm -hmm. something many, many people struggle with. And so this, and I had never heard of anybody doing this, but I love it. It's almost like an advent calendar type approach where like a, yeah. a little window opens that, you know, people are like, ooh, here I have something. And you know, they're waiting. They're like, well, when is my turn coming? When are you going to get, when is chapter three going to be ended? Because I've got a whole, you know, I've got like this fun little adventure planned. This, I mean, if you have the friends who would participate in this, and do this. I think this is just brilliant. And so, but and I'm sure it's so fun for them. This is something yes. where they know it's really making a difference in your life. Helping you write your PhD in a timely way, that is enormously important. And if somebody can take you out for cookies and milk in a way that's going to help you finish your PhD, that feels good for both people. That is a that is a happiness booster on both sides. Absolutely. Great idea. I feel like you could adapt this. I'm not really, I haven't really thought through how, but like this advent calendar idea or like this milestone idea involving other people in your milestones. I don't know. I think there's a lot to that. I really want to ponder yes. that and kind of think through how you could play with that idea in different contexts, because I think that's a very fruitful idea. You could take it in a lot of different directions. So thank you very much for that, Erica. That's fantastic. Yes. So Elizabeth, the, the try this at home tip for this week is to remember to consider the company that someone keeps. Mm, now, where did this come from, Gretch? Okay. So, as I've said, I'm having the summer of Proust. Um, so, I am reading mm -hmm. lots of Proust. So, now everything in my life relates to something that happened in Proust, <laughs> um, which makes me seem a little affected, but uh, there it is. And uh, I, I, everything is either an allusion to the office or to Proust. Um, <laughs> so, in Swan's Way, which is the first volume in Remembrance of Things Past, Swan is becoming suspicious of his lover, Odette. And there's a passage in there that made me think of this, try this at home idea. So here is what Swan is thinking. What an agonizing truth was now contained for him in those lines of Alfred de Vigny's Journal of a Poet, which he had previously read without emotion. When one feels oneself smitten by love for a woman, one should say to oneself, who are the people around her? 
What kind of life has she led? All one's future happiness lies in the answer. And I started mm. thinking about who are the people around her? Who are the people around him? Who are the people around a person? It's really important to think about, to, to look at. Yeah, I mean, when you're starting to make friends with someone, or especially if you're entering into a romantic relationship or really any important relationship, yeah. you want to look at the people um, around this person because that will give you a great sense of yes. who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you um, think, oh, I, I want to go out with this person, but then they have awful friends. Yeah. Or they're always, you know, their friend group is always having a lot of drama. Yeah. Um, it's got to be a huge red flag. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting, I have a friend um, who got divorced and she said to me later that she wished she had paid more attention to the fact that her ex-husband had no friends. And she mm. has a lot of friends and he was always happy to do things with her friends. So she didn't really think that much of it. But then she said, well, looking back, it was a really, it was a real warning sign. Why was it that he had no friends? And she wished she'd looked more carefully at that. Yeah. And Gretchen, you know, I have said this um, before and I will, I'm sure, say it many times again that you know, a person's family is incredibly important when you're getting into a relationship. Yeah. Looking at, at the people in their family is also really telling. And like, I love Adam's family. Yes. Um, and every member of the family is just like awesome in their own way. Um, and I, to me, that is just very reassuring about who he is. Right. Right. Well, so I, I guess it's it's different with friends and family. With friends, you choose your friends to a very large extent. So that gives someone else certain kinds of information because these are the people that you've chosen to be friends with. With your family, you don't get to choose. But Well, true. But you do get to see how that person deals with family members. And so that's another kind of red flag or green flag, which is who are these family members and how is the person that I'm interested in handling whatever situations might be arising with those family members? Because right. you're, you're not picking the people, but you're picking, you know, how, how it's kind of unfolding to some extent, to some extent. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You don't want to write someone off because they have a bad family member, right. but, um, but how you're, the person in question acts is very important because that's going to go on potentially for decades. Yeah. Well, this makes me think of a, a very well-established psychological phenomenon, and it's something that you can observe just in ordinary life very easily, which is homophily. And homophily is the phenomenon where we tend to gravitate to people who are similar to us in socially significant ways. I love the fluency heuristic. And so if I was going to describe the homophily using the fluency heuristic, I would say birds of a feather flock together. And so people tend to hang out with people who are like them in significant ways. So if you're, you know, let's say you're, you're, you're getting to know someone and you notice, wow, this person, all this person's friends really like to party. Like they're really hardcore partiers. Mm -hmm. um, whatever form that happens to take with them, they, they are all in. And this person's like, oh, I'm not really like that. Well, that would be surprising. That would be surprising mm -hmm. if they were all like that and this person was not. You would be like, huh. Well, okay, but maybe that's something to look at more closely because birds of a feather tend to flock together. 
Yeah, and it's not like we want to be all judgy here. No, 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 no. Like looking down our nose at <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. acquaintances. Yeah. But it's just something to look at yes. because when you're bringing someone into your life, they yeah. can have a major impact on your happiness because we know relationships are yes. the key factor to happiness. So yeah. if you're bringing someone into your life, you really want to just be aware um, yes. of who they are. And this is one tool yes. to figure out if there's someone... Um, you want in your life on any level. Yeah. And especially maybe if you're having some kind of hesitation or like, you know, you're thinking, uh, you know, it's just, it's a factor to consider that can be informative and can be a useful clue. But Alyssa, this conversation reminds me of another passage from Proust um, mm. because, and it's about the idea that, you know, whenever people are like, oh, choose your relationships wisely and like, look for these red flags. And, you know, and, and often we just don't do that. Like we just, we just like someone or we get a big crush on someone and we just ignore all <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, there's a passage in um, Sodom and Gomorrah, which is book four of Proust, where the narrator observes of the character Robert, um, like everybody who is not in love, he imagined that one chooses the person one loves after endless deliberation and on the strength of diverse qualities and strengths. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of times that's not how it works. Exactly. Let us know. We can all try. We can all try. And it's something to think about. As you say, it's one thing to think about. Let us know if you do try this at home and how remembering to consider the company that someone keeps has worked for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. That would be at happiercast.com slash 232 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack to help you remember your one-word theme of the year. But first, this break. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, his retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretsch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com slash happier. That's StoryWorth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. 
LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Elizabeth, you and I love themes. We have our TV themes. We have our one-word themes. Uh, Your theme is number six. My theme this year is growth. Um, And this is a hack related to remembering your theme. Yes. Jess says, I wanted to have a physical reminder of my theme for this year, but didn't want something fancy, big, or expensive. I went to a pet store where they had a machine to make pet tags. Most large pet stores have them. You pick out the tag you want. I picked a small, plain black circle, put the text in, and it engraves it right there. It was fast and easy and cost less than $10. Because they're made to go on pet collars, they come punched and with a metal ring on them. I ended up getting three and putting one on my keychain, one on my lanyard for my work badge, and one on the zipper pull for my gym bag. Well, that is such a fun, like cheap, easy way to remember yes. your theme. Yes. Like I walk by a Petco constantly. I, I'm sure they yeah. have it. First of all, Jess, what is your theme? I'm dying to know um, yes, what your theme she was. Didn't <laughs> she didn't say what her theme was. I want to know everybody's theme. I love knowing themes. But this is a great idea. And also, this is something where it might even be like a fun little gift for somebody. Yes. And Because it, it sounds yes. like this is something you could knock off your list pretty quick. I did not know that you could do. I mean, it makes perfect sense what she says that you mm-hmm. could do this. That it doesn't say Barnaby, it says growth. Um, <laughs> but what a great solution and what a great way to, to repurpose something in a completely different way. So, yes. Great hack, Jess. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. Now, listen, the know yourself better question this week was something that you came across and were very intrigued by. Yes. And the question is Do you have a rage to live? Now, that's wild. Where did you come across that question? Okay, well, Gretchen, recently um, Gloria Vanderbilt died, um, and that inspired me to listen to the audiobook that she wrote with Anderson Cooper, her son. Um, the book is called The Rainbow Comes and Goes, A Mother and Son on Life, Love, and Loss. Mm. And in the book, she mentions that um, she has a rage to live, and it it has upsides and downsides, but she described herself that way, and I thought it was just so provocative. Well, what what exactly is a rage to live, like the way she describes it? Okay, well, here's a lightly edited version of what um, Gloria Vanderbilt said about it. She said, I've always had passion, what John O'Hara called a rage to live. Yet part of me craves stability, which is incompatible with that rage. When you feel you have so much to give and so much passion inside you, there is only one thing to do, and that's go out and find it, fulfill it. If you have that rage to live, nothing is going to stop you from trying to satisfy it. And each time you fall in love anew or achieve a creative goal, you tell yourself, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. But then you soon start to think it's not enough. I want more. So it sounds like from this description, it sounds like a desire to do everything, to go everywhere, taste everything, touch everything, a kind of restlessness. Yeah. And I think it's a thrilling idea, but also really hard because it's hard to be satisfied when you have a rage to live, when you want more. Yeah. 
And I think it was hard for her son to deal with. Although he appreciated that his mother was so full of life, it also could be hard as the child of someone who has a rage to live. Yeah, I could see that. What's interesting, because when you first said it, I was thinking of the Dylan Thomas poem, which is actually very, very different. So the Dylan Thomas poem is where he says, do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. So he's talking, when he's talking about rage against the dying of light, he's talking about more like cling on to life. And Mm -hmm. she's talking more about kind of like living this kind of um, seeking, voracious voracious life. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's different. And you know what's interesting, Gretchen, is when I heard Gloria Vanderbilt talking about having a rage to live, it suddenly gave me more compassion for an ex-boyfriend of mine. Oh, who I rarely even think of. But as soon as that phrase came up, I went, oh, he has a rage to live. That's Uh, why he is the way he is. uh, And suddenly I had all this just nice feelings because it's like knowing someone's a rebel. Yeah, It's like suddenly you understand why they sort of are the way they are, do what they do. And I was able to um, reframe. And so do you think you get it gave you more compassion for sort of his perspective on the world? Absolutely. Definitely. So that's nice. So if I come across others who have a rage to live, I can apply that to them. Because I have to say, Gretchen, I don't think I have a rage to live. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think you don't think you have a rage to live? I don't. I mean, I think I I like to live, but I don't think (laughs) I have a rage. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a restless spirit um, in that way. What about you? I know. I don't think so. No, I'm too much of a killjoy. I don't have a rage to live. I'm trying to kind of fake it. You know what I mean? More mm-hmm. these days, maybe. What's like Get a little out there and do? What's a little teeny version of rage? I'm trying to think of maybe like. There's like a tantrum have... to live. There's the rage to live. Yeah. There's the tantrum yeah. to live. There's the snit to live. I don't know because yeah, snit. I do... that. That's where we are. We <laughs> we have a snit to live. It sounds like something. No, I don't think I have a rage to live. I have less. Well, what of, I'll say, I have less of a rage to live than you. I mean, if we're on the spectrum of rage to live, because yeah. I'm like, I want to be a Benedictine monk. Right, that's right. What, that's, that's true. That's where my heart is. Yeah, that is true. You, you would have been a great monk. But I do think, like, if you are someone, if you ask yourself this question and you come back with, "Yes, I do have yes. a rage to live," it can help you understand why you act the way you act. Yes. And also realize that it may not be easy for people around you. So just, you know, think about what you're doing. It's always good to just that, self, as you always say, that self-knowledge just always can lead to sort of better relationships and to understand why we do what we do. Well, and back to your point about Anderson Cooper and dealing with his mother, Gloria Vanderbilt, is that there is compassion when you understand, like, this might be to me, it might look like one thing, but let me try to understand this other person's perspective and understand that it's not that one person's right and one person's wrong, but we're just both in different positions and dealing with each other in different ways. And I do think that sometimes having a phrase for something or a vocabulary for it, just like with your ex-boyfriend, it kind of clicks in your mind somehow mm-hmm. in a way that then it sort of you're sort of like, okay, well, I get it. And it, and it can help you understand, even if maybe it's still painful for you in some ways, it might help you realize, like, it's not directed at you. It, it's not a reflection on you. It's just, it's just part of who somebody is. And usually there's good consequences as well as bad consequences. And you can try to sort of see the whole picture there, um, which can be hard. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so I will put a link in the show notes um, to the book, The Rainbow Comes and Goes, for anyone who's um, curious to learn more about that book. It sounds like it was really thought provoking. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. A, it was a good read. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for a listener question. And this week's question comes from Pia. She says, I love listening to Happier and other podcasts. However, for some podcasts, including yours, I started listening to them sometime after the first episode aired. The problem is that I feel the need to start from episode one for every podcast is I want to listen to the episodes in the right order and would feel like I missed out on something important if I skipped some. On the other hand, I would also like to be up to date with the episodes as some of the podcasts I listen to refer to current affairs. This, as strange as it may sound, stresses me out a little, especially because there are still around 800 episodes to go with new ones being aired each week all together for all of my podcasts. <laughs> Do you have any advice on how I could solve this problem or adapt a more relaxed attitude toward my podcasts? First of all, Pia, we love your enthusiasm. This is called being a completist. And mm. when we, do you remember when we first started and we were talking to Andy Bowers about kind of podcasts and the world of podcast listeners, he said, there are certain people who are completists and mm. they will feel like they need to go back to the beginning and listen to all the episodes. And like, just keep that in mind as you're creating your podcast that some people will be listening to it in that way. And that was really helpful for us to hear. But as Pia points out, we've been doing this for more than four years now. And so if it's like 10 episodes, that's no big deal. But this is right. like, you'd have to drive cross country several times to get through our yeah. uh, through it. So this is something that many people feel. Gretchen, what I would say to Pia about Happier, at least, is that she does not have to listen in order. Yeah, Our episodes, while we, of course, refer to things that happen in our lives, it's not as if if you haven't heard the last one, the next one isn't going to make sense. So she can just listen to the new ones and then in any order she wants, to whatever degree, listen to the old ones and not have a problem. Yes. And our podcast is the kind of podcast that's called Evergreen, meaning that it's not tied to current events. So, you know, if you get to it in a year or get to it in two years it's still going to be as useful to you. And so you don't have to worry about it that way. I mean, it is funny though, because, you know, like Elizabeth, way back, we talked about my whole drama about whether or not we should get a family dog. And I still get people mm, sometimes who email yes. me and they're like, I don't know if you're still thinking about getting a dog. And I'm like, well, actually yeah. I've had a dog for three years now, but, um, yeah, you know, it's new to them. And so don't feel like there's a right way to do it. Um, now here's a trick for Pia. If she just feels like she has to get through those episodes, Turn them on when you're going to sleep. And then however many play during the <laughs> night, you know, you'll have gone through those. You may not have been conscious, but, you know, it'll be on like maybe several episodes down. And to me, that's a way to kind of trick yourself into feeling like you've listened to a lot of episodes. <laughs> it says, it's, what does it say? It says something on there like completed or something like that. Yes. Well, you know, and what some people, do, you and I don't do this, but a lot of people really swear by it is listening at time and a half speed. I yes, can't bear to do that, I, but a lot neither. of people do. A lot of people really do yes. that and love it and swear by it. Some people, you know, you can even do two times. And um, I think maybe it's more like the permission, like don't feel like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Now, I just hope Pia hears this because, of course, she's back listening. Oh, um, no, I have her email. I will email her. Pia, she, okay, she said, like, P.S., please let me know. So, yes. Pia, okay. Yes. Pia, I'm going to, you will have gotten an email from me saying, hey, we answered your question. Um, I hope, to, and I hope this is helpful because it's basically like, uh, you know, it's it's the binge problem. It's like, oh, it's like me with my Mad mm -hmm. Men. I want to go back and watch Mad Men. It's on my mm, 19 for 2019, yeah. but it's 92 hours of TV. It's like. Yeah. 
even though you know you're going to love it. It's daunting. It's daunting because there's stuff in the present that you want to do as well as go back to the past. So it, it is, it's a good problem to have because it means that there's a lot that you're excited about. Enjoy listening, Pia. Yes, thank Happy you. Listening. And thank you for your enthusiasm. We very much appreciate it. Coming up, I give myself a bad mommy demerit. But first, this break. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Alyssa, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and this is your week for a demerit. Yeah, okay, Gretchen. So um, I may have given myself this demerit other years. I don't remember. Um, But I have not completed filling out Jack's health forms for the fall. So to start school, of course, you have to have your health forms filled out. They're supposed to be due June 15th. So oh, that's quite gosh. some time ago. That's early. Yeah, I guess because they figure maybe a lot of people are late. But <laughs> why would they think that? I know. There's like eight different forms. And I filled out everything that you can just do online. Yeah. But you have to download a few, print them, have the doctor fill yeah. them out and oh, sign. Yeah. It's a whole to-do. Yeah. And that is what I have not done. And they keep emailing saying your forms aren't complete and Jack can't start school until these are filled out. And it's just like giving me such anxiety. It, of course, wakes me up in the middle of the night. And the thing I that's crazy about it is it's going to take literally the exact amount of time, whether I do it today or in a month. Yeah. And in a month, it will have caused me like hours of worry and feeling bad about myself. And yet I haven't done it. Clearly, the outer accountability of them emailing is not working. Can you can you just like make the doctor's appointment? Well, the thing is, he doesn't even need an appointment. Um, I just need to take the forms. They can fill them out. Can you scan it and email it to them? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Because you can download a scanning app on your phone and scan it from well, your Well, I have a scanning app, but how do I get the form? That's the problem. I have to print it. Printing the form, when you say identify the problem, I think the problem here is that for whatever reason, we have problems printing at home. And so printing feels very um, daunting 
Like now that I don't go to an office, printing can, is problematic. Can you have Adam print it? Because he's more techie than you. Um, that's a good idea. Okay. I will. So do this, that. so as your happiness bully, I will say tonight, ask <laughs> Adam to print it out. Okay. And then scan it on your phone. And then tomorrow morning, call the do- Well, the- truthfully, even if I had it, I could drop it off. It's like half a mile from our house. The scanning is, it's the printed form. I could just take it there. That would be the easiest thing. Easier so, than scanning. So the real problem, to identify the problem, the problem is you are unable to print out a form from the internet. Yes. <laughs> that's it. Okay. I think that's yeah. surmountable. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. We've, but I just want to, I want to, <laughs> also I want to, okay, I want to make like a minor linguistic point here. You describe this as a bad mommy demerit. This is, to me is not a bad mommy demerit because Jack has no awareness of this. This has nothing to do with mm. your your role as a mother. This is your role as mm. an administrative bureaucrat. Oh, yeah, as okay. a bureaucrat, you are not at your best right at this moment. Mm. I, will, <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> but this is, this is not a mommy thing because he has no idea. He's going to be, I guarantee you, he will be there on the very first day of school. Like, you're not going to let this slide. <laughs> with his forms. Yeah, if, if you let that go, that w- then it would become a parenting demerit. But right now, he oh, okay. is just, so, so, yeah, so you're, you're a right, bad that bureaucrat. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Okay. okay, good. Yeah. All right, Gretch, what's your gold star? Okay, and speaking of feeling overwhelmed and feeling distressed because you have so many podcasts to listen to, here's another podcast to listen to. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people have the opposite problem, which is when they want something good to listen to and they don't know where to go for something new and good. I started listening to a podcast called 20,000 Hertz, and the, Mm. the host is Dallas Taylor, and it's described as the stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. And it is just absolutely fascinating. If you like shows like 99% Invisible, this is all about sound. And of course, because podcasting is a sound medium, it really is able to exploit the podcast form. And Dallas Taylor is really, really interesting. He picks very, very interesting subjects. If If you want something like the whole family can listen to in the car, it's the kind of thing that's of broad interest. to. It's not like let's listen to the tech industry. You know, this is something that's really interesting. And, and some of the episodes are even like cartoon sounds or, you know, movie trailers. Mm. And each one is about 25 minutes long. And I have learned so much already. For instance, it turns out that Barry Manilow is the person responsible for many ad jingles, including the State mm. Farm is there jingle and the mm. Stuck on Band-Aid jingle. So he's a super, Ooh. super famous um, jingle writer. There was a whole episode about audio branding and even like two-second audio branding and all the work that goes into it. For instance, listen to this audio brand. See if you can remember who it is. Okay. Oh, Netflix. You know when you hear that sound, you're about to watch a Netflix show. Yes, yes. And he talks about how the, how much work goes into creating something that's even so short. And then there was one about sonic illusions. This is so cool. Um, for instance, here's Dallas Taylor introducing a discussion of something called the shepherd tone that I had never heard of. Some sonic illusions can really mess with your mind. This is the sonic illusion known as the Shepherd Tone, named after cognitive scientist Roger Shepard. It gives listeners the impression that sound is constantly going up or going down in pitch, but never resolving. (laughs) 
I mean, I could listen to stuff mm, like that forever. Um, but if you are like Pia and you want to know like, okay, if I want to start at the beginning, how long would it take to catch up? There are about 70 episodes. So it's manageable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gretch, you can listen about listening. <laughs> yes, yes. Very meta. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Consider the company that someone keeps. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Also, thanks to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. And if you've got a second, rate and review the show. It really helps other listeners discover our show. The resources for this week. If you love great quotations, you can subscribe to my free Moment of Happiness newsletter and receive a daily quote in your inbox. Um, just go to GretchenRubin.com slash hashtag newsletter. Yes, I know that's a little bit weird. And enter your email address and click submit and pick the daily happiness quotation from the options. Or you can just look in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes. Also, I'm often asked about my favorite young adult and children's literature books. And so I made a list of my 81 favorites. If you want to see the list, you can download the PDF at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Gretchen, I know you don't watch The Bachelorette, but it does tie into our um, Consider the Company You Keep Ooh, discussion. How so? <laughs> because they have hometown visits with like the final four. And that's where you see, like, who are these people's friends? Oh. What are their, what's their family like? And a lot of times it really influences how the person feels about someone finally meeting those who surround them. Oh, it's sort of seeing them in context instead of pulled out of context. Yes. <gasps> Fascinating. Yes. The ongoing social experiment that is The Bachelor <laughs> and The Bachelorette. Yeah. From the Onward Project.